Well, hi everyone. We're, um, we're about to kick off, so grab yourself a seat. It's been really great this morning to be in all our different venues, our different services, hearing this message from Dave about, okay, how do you actually prophesy? What we wanted to do was, uh, it's great to receive teaching, but it's also great to receive coaching. And so having all received teaching this morning in our different services on how do you prophesy, we wanted Dave and Liz to um, give us this afternoon all together, being a bit more practical and a bit more hands-on coaching. So uh, we've got a couple of hours together. We won't finish later than half past four. Um, we wanted to give ourselves a good couple of hours just to receive the ministry of Dave and Liz. Dave and Liz have been prophesying longer than I've been a Christian, and uh, I've learned a lot from them. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of things since uh, longer than I've been a Christian. And, um, and we just said, hey, we're going to give you a couple of hours. Please just explain to us a little bit, like pull the curtain back a little bit on how do you hear the voice of God and prophesy and help us. So why don't we give them a really warm welcome as they teach us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so if you um, have not yet heard um, what I spoke on this morning, most of you have heard it in your venues um, and it's been online for, uh, since midnight last night or something um, and some of you have heard it obviously this morning. If you haven't, can I really encourage you to go um, and listen to it because obviously it's built the foundation of much of what we're talking about today and also um, our our thing this afternoon isn't to go through tons of Bible verses, because as Phil has just intimated, it's really all about now the outworking and the how, and how we begin to bring prophetic words. So um, can I first of all say, I think this is just a brilliant idea to do this this afternoon, because I think for a lot of us, when it comes to being prayed for or, or having time to minister in the gifts of the Spirit, Sundays can be extremely busy. So for example, we as a local church, did um, a whole series on the Holy Spirit, and we did it on a Tuesday night. We had 100 people plus booked into this, and the reason that we did it was we were finding increasingly on Sunday mornings, you'd come to the end of something, and no one had time to pray for one another. We've got to go and get the kids, and we've got to move on to the next meeting. So we did this, and it was just wonderful, because week by week, people had loads of space. So we're deliberately going to give you loads of space. I don't want people thinking after five minutes, okay, I've done five minutes, I'm going to sit down. Part of the key of breaking through in prophesying over one is to have time. So whoever had the idea, I don't know who it was, to do this this afternoon, and uh, then, then it was great because this is our opportunity to take the time. And of course, this afternoon isn't about kick-starting, which it is, the gift of prophecy in you, and that's it. This is about tomorrow, this is about next weekend, this is about the future. So the whole thing is built on trying to ignite something that will go on and on and on for weeks and months to come. So let me just share with you what we're going to do, because I think you can come to one of these things slightly nervous, not knowing exactly what, are we going to pick you out one by one and say right now, you, you know, the guy there in the ginger beard and the glasses, would you like to come forward? And I don't think that's going to happen. Um, uh, so I think I think essentially it's, it's going to be something like this. I'm going to hand over to Liz in a moment. She's going to really lead us through the practicalities of uh, how to um, uh, move into the prophetic. I've got some things to add to that as well. And then we're going to spend some time just waiting upon the Holy Spirit and praying for all of us. And the reason for that is, and I think we can forget this, 
we've got to be reminded that prophecy is a gift. And what that means is it's a gift from the giver and we need to receive this gift. A lot of people try to prophesy without starting at the very basics. You, if, unless you ask, you do not receive. So we need to spend some time just really praying that the Holy Spirit will give, give us the gift of prophecy. And then we're going to get you into groups where we'll explain it all as it goes on and get you kind of moving in the prophetic. So that's basically what this afternoon is all about. So I feel very relaxed, very at peace. It's a Sunday afternoon, which is always dangerous. Um, we're going to try and keep you awake throughout the rest of the time together. So I hand over to Liz. This is a bit high. Can it come down a bit? <laughs> just a tiny bit that's it that's it great smashing hi everyone so um i'm gonna sort of hopefully talk to you about how i started prophesying and how it's really in some ways quite down to earth because we're just ordinary people but we've been given the gift of the holy spirit and just to let you know a bit of my story I had a wonderful uh, Christian upbringing, fantastic, lovely, godly parents, but in my teenage years, went right away from God and had a few years living in the world and missed quite a big chunk of what was going on in church life in regards to um, particularly my mum and what was happening in her life. And one day, um, I just was at home visiting my family and I just felt compelled to go to church which I hadn't done for years and walked into this church which had been gone through a real renewal because it was in like the 1970s when people were being filled with the spirit I knew nothing about this and I walked into this lovely church who where I knew a lot of people and as a result of a prophetic word I came back to God. And that's why prophecy hits a real sweet spot in my life because of the uh, dramatic change it made in my life. And Dave said this morning that how prophecy shapes and can change lives. Well, it certainly did in my life, I can tell you. Um, this person had a prophetic word and it was literally God speaking to me. And I didn't even know what a prophecy was. I'd never heard it but I recognized the voice of God. I recognized that this person was speaking about me and that God started working in my heart. Isn't that amazing that you could have a prophetic word having no idea who it was for publicly and you didn't know, but it's actually God speaking directly to someone and wanting to change the direction of their lives. And this happened to me. The um, One part of the word was... Um, you have a choice today to turn around and start following me rather than life you've been living in a foreign land. They didn't know. I'd actually been living in Greece at that time and had recently come home. But there was this direct <laughs> prophetic voice over my life. And in my heart, it caused this incredible response to believe again in the Lord Jesus and turn my life around. So that's one reason why I love the prophetic, because of what it did dramatically in my own life. 
And for me, I, when I came back to God at that time, having had a great Christian upbringing and being a Christian as a young girl, it was like returning as a prodigal daughter back into the family of God. But what was hugely missing in my life was some person. And of course, I discovered within two weeks of being back in a local church, it was the person of the Holy Spirit. And I would just really encourage you, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit or experienced being filled with the Holy Spirit, you really do need him in order to prophesy. Because it's very difficult to speak without having the Holy Spirit with you. So I asked my, um, one of the pastors in the church and his wife to you know, disciple me and show me how to come into everything. And so they were going through these things. And one, one day I said, look, uh, can we skip all that? I, I basically know most of it. I want this. <laughs> I want the Holy Spirit. Can you pray for me now? So skipping weeks of discipleship they they prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit laid hands on me I felt this overwhelming sensation of joy and laughter and peace and the love of God and I started speaking in tongues went home spoke in tongues all night and the next day I thought I'm a bit tired (laughs) and I need to go to work but the tremendous sense of the power of God suddenly available to me and from there on I remember my first time I prophesied was um, again in a Sunday morning meeting and I, I really knew nothing about prophecy really just one or two little things which shows you you don't have to have lots and lots of knowledge to prophesy and I just got this image in my mind of an envelope with a wax seal being stamped upon it and I came forward very nervously and I just said it. I said, there is a thing from God where he seals your life and no one can um, change that. And it's the seal of the Holy Spirit and it reaffirms your eternal life. And I was saying all these things and I remember it really clearly because it was the first time I'd done it. And I thought, well, I, I hope that makes sense. And then it was later, I was reading in Ephesians 1 and where in those verses it talks about our lives being sealed with a deposit, the Holy Spirit. And I think from that I would say, really encourage you to prophesy, to spend time in the scriptures, to soak yourself in scripture because it stays in your mind and then the Holy Spirit can draw it out from you at another time, even when you're not thinking about it. And I would say we don't read scripture to... um, find a prophecy (laughs) we read scripture don't we to get to know God but by allowing yourself to meditate and soak on scripture it does settle in a reservoir inside you and the Holy Spirit one day will come and draw out something from what you've been dwelling on and turn it into a prophecy Um, so get soaked in the word of God that really helps you prophesy other thing is become a really good constant worshipper and to help you stay in fellowship with the Holy Spirit because as you worship God and you spend time really nourishing your spirit and worshipping in the spirit you get to know what the Holy Spirit's like how he feels inside you how 
Um, he prompts you what his activity is like. Sometimes when you're singing, when you're meditating on him, you get to know his voice, the things that he's showing you, whether it's reading scripture or worshipping. I have found that when I'm meditating and worshipping, I start to sense the Holy Spirit speaking to me and showing me things. It doesn't happen if you just live a busy life and never have time to do that. I would find that for myself, a good way to hear from God is when I'm out walking. I do that better than sitting in a chair at home. <laughs> I love to walk and pray and worship. These days, loads of people talk to themselves or they're on their phone talking. So you can just pretend, you know. <laughs> people won't think you're mad. You're just worshipping God and you could hold a phone while you're doing it. Um, <laughs> but honestly... When I'm moving, I find I concentrate better and I'm able to hear God better. Just little practical things for me. And another one is often early in the morning when um, I've just woken up. I mean, this is just me. You have to find out what yours are. I can clearly hear God speak to me. And it's like those first thoughts before my mind's full of all the junk of the day. I often find God's showing me things and speaking to me. And that's that sense of the Holy Spirit. Of course, when I was a young mum raising four kids, that didn't happen very often because often someone else got there first to fill my thoughts. <laughs> it depends. Um, and as Dave said, pray. Ask God, can you give me some prophetic words? Love your church. I love my church. And often when I'm praying about my love for the body of Christ... God will start speaking to me and showing me something maybe that I can give. Um, oh yes, and something I meant to mention. When, um, you know, when I'm worshipping and really meditating, I, I really would encourage you, and this is where probably you're not walking down the street, um, to become a noisy worshipper. I mean, unless you're used to hearing your voice... It's very difficult to stand up in public and prophesy, but if you're used to hearing yourself singing and um, even practicing prophecy, which I've done in the past, um, it helps you, you know? It helps you. Even getting to pray out loud a prayer in a meeting helps to trigger losing the embarrassment and getting the confidence to hear your voice publicly. Um, speaking in tongues is a great encouragement to me to activate the work of the Holy Spirit and also to get used to hearing my voice coming out <laughs> um, like that. I would really encourage you. I mean, if the Apostle Paul boasted that he speaks in tongues more than any of you, it is, it is a sign. It's a good thing to do. And I think often when I'm um, worshipping and I'm singing in the Spirit and I'm singing in tongues... The Holy Spirit starts to activate thoughts in my mind. So I'd really encourage you to do that. So how, how do I get a prophecy in a meeting? What happens? Well, I think one thing is the Holy Spirit brings to my mind sometimes a thought or a phrase. Sometimes it's that simple. And it can often go with the theme of the worship that's happening um, even this morning in the first meeting, 
Andy Tuck had um, some scripture he read out. And through that scripture, I really felt God start to speak to me about, oh, yeah, God wants to speak. He wants to me to hear his voice because he's a living God, not an idol, because he was talking about gods of, made of wood and idols. And I thought, yeah, he's a living God, so I can hear him. And I was getting these thoughts from, literally, from the theme of the worship. So I butted in and gave it. <laughs> so that can happen, you know, you can just get thoughts. It's that straightforward and simple. Um, and sometimes when I'm getting those thoughts, while I'm waiting in the worship, that little phrase, I'll ask the Holy Spirit just to give me a bit more, a little bit more <laughs> before I come forward. Um, and usually he does. But I would say sometimes you just have to step out and give what you've got. And I think particularly in the early days of prophesying, don't be afraid if it's short. The worst thing is, is to waffle and say the bit that you know, and then make up lots afterwards that it's just you. Because um, I think sometimes when we speak publicly, we don't know how to stop. Um, and I've sometimes helped people stop. <laughs> because you, you just give what you've been given, and that the Holy Spirit can work that into people's hearts. But I think it comes with practice that when you exercise faith, and you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, he does give you more, even as you're speaking shows you the next bit which means you're really relying on the Holy Spirit as you prophesy and um, so how do you start I think sometimes we can get slightly worried do I say uh, I I think the Lord is saying this or thus says the Lord or speaking in the first person I the Lord am your strength what I would say is just speak what you feel comfortable um, and if you need a bit of help from someone to help you know how to phrase it just chat to someone who you know is more prophetic than you but don't get all tied up in knots um, sometimes I think people who are more experienced in the prophetic will speak directly you know say I want to come to you and give you this today and, so, and I, I, I would say mostly I would come forward and say, oh, I really felt the Lord speaking to me this, and then I will say it. But whatever you honestly, what you feel comfortable with. Um, and Dave already mentioned, don't change your voice and become someone else. Just be yourself, totally be yourself. Um, I always am. Sometimes I will actually have a visual image, like a picture in my mind, and what I've learned is that sometimes that could be a word of knowledge for someone specific, and I'm trying to discern what gift it is that I'm bringing. Or it can be actually, rather than share the visual image in my mind, I will sense, oh, I think this is a prophetic word, and that image um, can be translated into words about you know, what God is speaking while the, the image is in my mind. So don't just dump the picture on someone <laughs> or people. Find out a little bit more about what it means um, rather than expecting other people to interpret it. Sometimes God will give you something and you might not get 
what it really means till later on or even in another meeting. It's just getting to be sensitive about what it is. Um, I think someone once asked me, do you write down before you get to a meeting your prophecy? Mm, I don't think I've ever done that because I don't want to restrict the impromptu nature of the Holy Spirit when he's delivering something. I know some people do write things down. I, I would just say be a bit careful about that because you set something down that could just be what you've written, <laughs> if you see what I mean. Um. Uh. Oh, oh I, I do write down when I get a prophecy from someone, <laughs> otherwise I'll forget it. Um, and as Dave said, when you know you've really heard from God through a prophetic word, it's great to write it down because then you can pray about it and come back to it and see, wow, God really did that in my life or whatever. It's, it's a wonderful thing to hold on to prophecies and see God work in your life. Um, just an example of when um, I had something very visual that actually did then take place was, uh, must be about 12 years ago now, I've had a few more since then, but this was quite an unusual one. I woke up very early in the morning. We were in South Africa, and we'd been attending Simon Pettit's funeral. Um, our friend who used to lead the churches in southern Africa, and there was this dilemma, what, what are we going to do about the next step for these dear people? And I woke up early in the morning, and I could just literally see one of these uh, maps that you see in a um, uh, airline, you know, flight magazine of a hub, and then all the flights going from there, this specific hub across the world. And what the hub I saw was Johannesburg, and I felt God saying to me, You're to move not to Cape Town, which would be the obvious place for us to go to help these churches, but to move to Johannesburg because that's going to be the hub of where everywhere you're going to travel will go. So when I told Dave, he was like, what? <laughs> so we shared it with the brothers there, and with prayer, and they weighed it, they decided that we would come to South Africa, and we would base ourselves then in Johannesburg, just all through a, just a visual image that I had, but felt obedient to God to share it with others and find out what it meant. So do you... Um, Sometimes I will have a prophetic word before a meeting, so I'm open to God, and through the week, sometimes God can be speaking to you, and something very specific keeps coming back into your mind, and then sometimes, whether it's a midweek meeting or a Sunday meeting or a gathering, um, you really feel that um, it's a prophetic word for now, and you sense the Holy Spirit saying, now's the time, you can give this word. And often it will be confirmed by others who also have something similar. So that's one way. I mean, we had, oh, it must be about five years ago, four or five years ago now, someone came forward and gave a word from Luke 5 about Jesus telling the disciples to go back out and let down their nets again in the place where they'd just been. And it was a word for us as a church to go back to where we'd been meeting but let out our nets again and to go to two meetings and change the whole direction. 
And what happened was, in other meetings and other times, people without knowing had exactly the same word, which is an incredible confirmation that God was telling us to do something as a church. And then spontaneously, sometimes, literally, in fact, it's often most of the time with me particularly, I'll get prophetic words spontaneously, sort of then in the meeting. Um, It'll suddenly come from nowhere. I I get to know that inspiring voice of the Spirit and filling me with a certain sometimes physical feelings I will suddenly feel really um, my heart pounding and um, a sense of real sometimes compassion or, or a sense of power and it is just the Holy Spirit coming upon me and showing me something that he wants me to share I mean I'm still in control of myself I don't <laughs> go crazy but it's like the Holy Spirit when I sense him like that it's really helpful um, doesn't happen that often, but it does sometimes happen on a spontaneous moment. And then I think, as Dave said, when you have a prophetic word for an individual, don't ever just give it on your own, but do it together with someone else. And I would say be accountable. Don't be afraid to entrust yourself to others and say, oh, I'm starting to try and prophesy. You know, if you ever think I say something that really doesn't make sense or... Um, you know, someone who's a bit further on in the prophetic than you, be accountable to them. It's just great because it's not about how good you come across. It's, you know, it's building up the body of Christ and learning as we go. Because if you take offense, if someone brings a slight correction, you've got the wrong motive for doing it, haven't you? Um, But also, if you're new to prophesying, do encourage people. I mean, we had someone recently who prophesied for the first time. I was so excited. I went over and really encouraged them. I mean, I do sometimes in a meeting, I know when someone's going to prophesy or I've got a real sense and I will go over to them and ask them, have you got something? And they usually go, oh, no, yes, I have. I say, well, go on then. <laughs> people dread it when I start walking towards them. <laughs> Oh no, she's going to ask me. I said, Have you got a song? Yeah, well, go on then. <laughs> um, so I think that's it. Hang out with prophetic people. That's what I do. When, when I sometimes I feel I'm, I've dried up, which happens, <laughs> and I just think, Oh, I just haven't had a prophecy for ages. I haven't been, you know, in the, in the mood of it. I haven't been really asking about it. But the Holy Spirit will say, Yeah. Where have you been? <laughs> um, I will get together with other people who are prophetic and say, oh, can we pray together? Can you stir it up in me again? It's so good to be able to do that. Thanks. Thanks. Wonderful. So I'm just going to add some uh, things and try not to be too repetitive. Um, so... Liz has got um, a, a prophetic kind of gift that God has given to her, and um, she's shared some illustrations. But the, the thing I, I've really learned by being with her over these years, what she's done is she's overcome um, the, the, the side of being foolish. And I think that this is a huge issue. And I wouldn't say this in all cultures of the world, but I certainly say this in my culture. 
I think we're too self-conscious. I think the reason that we don't share things with people prophetically is we're always wondering, what will they think about me? So whether that's publicly or even one, you know, just with a group of people, we're so self-conscious we don't say the things that are in our minds. I love being with Liz because she just, she... She doesn't do that naturally, but she's learned to overcome that hesitation. She doesn't care, basically. Um, and so basically, because she doesn't care, she just steps out. And there are some times I've known with her that she, she's looked remarkably foolish because of it, because no one responds, or because people just don't seem to receive what's being said. But that doesn't put her off. She just comes and get again and again. And I think it's to do with what we were saying earlier uh, today about the love for the body of Christ. You, you, you have no idea how many words that she gives to people and there's no response, but someone was absolutely was there for that person. So the fact they don't own up to it is embarrassing for us. But actually, as long as the word went, then it's absolutely fine. We have to overcome that fear. So I'm going to say straight up, I think the issue of obedience is a big deal. And I think even this afternoon, when we're going to pray for one another, you're going to have things in your mind and you're going to think, I, I'm not going to give that because it's so simple, it's so, uh, it's so obvious. But you don't know what the person is thinking uh, about. So stop thinking about yourself and obey. So I, I think this, let me make this statement. I think we need to demystify the gifts of the Spirit without devaluing them. Let me repeat that. We need to demystify the gifts of the Spirit without devaluing. What I mean by that is they are of great value because they are gifts from God. So we're not devaluing them when we demystify them, but we need to because there's too many of us that are thinking I can only prophesy if I have an angelic manifestation <coughs> and something and something and something, three earthquakes and a volcano in London taking off. Then I'll know it's the word of the Lord. It doesn't happen like that. So the gifts of the Spirit are much closer to you than you think. Does God speak to you? I think it's a case of he's speaking to you all the time. Our problem is listening. You know, some of, some of you say, well, I've never heard God speak. He's speaking to you. It's all about being brave and thinking, that thought that I've just had, I need to speak it out. And if it looks foolish and you, you somehow come across as, Someone that, you know, other people, oh, that, that, that seemed to be a bit strange. You've, you've demystified it. You've thought, well, I've had this thought. I, it's my responsibility to give the word. It's up to other people to weigh it. And I make mistakes. Of course I do. When I make mistakes, I, mean, I just, sorry, I, I don't think that was the Lord at all. <laughs> I would be open to that. As much as I would be, often when I'm prophesying with people, I actually say, does this mean anything to you? Is this making sense? And if they say to you, no, it's not, then we'll pray quietly and I'll ask God to make it have sense or something else. Uh, or they'll say, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense, which really encourages me to move forward. Does that make sense? We're, and we're a family together. Does that make sense? And we're a f this is Sunday afternoon, you're really sharp. <laughs> <coughs> On a, and it's like, <coughs> when, when we kind of bring these prophetic words over one another, we have to understand the context that we're in. So for those of you who've got children and they make mistakes, is that the end of the road? You know, is that annihilation for the rest of their life? No, of course not. When I prophesy and I make mistake, I'm doing it in a safe place. It's called the family of God. And like Liz just said, if someone's brought something for the first time, you go and encourage them straight away. But if I 
make a mistake. So a lot of people say to me, what happens if I speak and I dry up halfway through? My answer is, who cares? It honestly doesn't matter. Or what if I stumble over my words? Or what if I lose my train of thought? These things happen to all people. All great prophets have exactly the same problem (laughs) or challenge. It honestly doesn't matter. We're in a safe environment. We can make mistakes. If you've never prophesied, ever, then I'm not sure that coming forward um, in front of 5,000 people and doing it for the first time is a good idea. So where you do it is you learn to practice the, the, the prophetic in smaller contexts or with your friends. It might be your community group, it might be whatever it might be, and, and you're together and you learn to do it t- together. But when you are in an environment that's safe, as we are here this afternoon and will be in a few moments when we begin to encourage you to prophesy over one another, it comes in a, in a place of it doesn't matter, demystify these things. Because the more you do it, the pra- more you practice, practice makes perfect, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. And like all things in life, they, bega- they begin childlike and they mature gradually. You are not going to open your mouth this afternoon and come out with the most unbelievable revelation that anybody's had over somebody. It's probably going to start quite simple. Speaking in tongues, Liz referred to it as like that. Speaking in tongues is a funny phrase. It actually means speaking languages. But the honest truth is when you first begin to speak, there's these few words that come out of your mouth. And like a child learning a language, they're obviously, and I always encourage people, and keep going, keep going, because in the end we want full sentences, exclamation marks. This is a language. And the more you practice, the more gushing comes and more things begin to happen in your life. Have you got that? Can we start to obey? Can we start to have thoughts in our minds and say them rather than stand back like most British people and analyse them all and perfect them before we even say a thing? Because if you do that, you're never going to prophesy. Liz said, if, it, if, it's, if it's just short, don't embellish it and add to it. Just give a short word. So let me just combine this, this thing about a short word with a story that I know that is pretty remarkable and combine it with obedience, which is what I'm trying to talk to you about now, about overcoming what people think about me and doing it. A friend of mine who was renowned, still is, for moving in tremendous prophetic words and signs and wonders, uh, amazing things happened through his ministry. And he turned up at one church in another country, and he, they knew he was coming, and they built his name, and they said signs and wonders and miracles and prophetic things all come along. And there were thousands of people that turned up to this meeting. And having turned up there, he, he got up. He, he was in the worship, worshipping the Lord. And then suddenly, he gets this name of a person in his mind. And the name of the person is Alice. And he gets all very excited because he thinks, brilliant. Whoever this person is in this room, I'm going to bring this prophetic word. And I'm going I'm to really encourage her. <clears throat> so much so did he get stirred that before the worship finished and before he was announced as a visiting speaker... He actually felt, I've, I've, the first thing I do when I get up is not preach my sermon, but prophesy over Alice as a, as a model for everybody in the room. Okay? So he's introduced, he stands up, before I bring this word, I said, where are you Alice? Because God wants to speak to you. 
And so this lady from the back of the room grins all over her face and says, and you're Alice, yes, please come to the front. And I, he said this, as he was coming to the front and his heart was beating like this, he was saying, okay, Lord, what are you going to say of her? Please, can you make it really good? Because there's a lot of people here and I really need them to respond. So she's coming to forward, she's going, Lord, come, come, come. Nothing's happening, nothing, blank, blank, blank. She comes and she stands at the front. And now this is a potentially embarrassing moment, but he's obeyed the Holy Spirit, okay? He's gone out on a limb and he's got the one word he knows that God's given to him, which is the word? Exactly. So she's now standing before him and, and he goes, there's nothing coming. Alice. The Lord says your name is Alice. <laughs> your mother called you Alice and you've been... Alice all your life and your name has never changed and uh, the Lord wants you to know that he knows your name and just to confirm your name is Alice now he is dying on the inside and she's beaming on the outside so he is just at the end so he's got the one this, you, those of you that struggle with this, he's in front of thousands of people, he's got one word, Alice. So he, she turns around, goes back to her seat, still smiling. And he's dying. He said, I, I ground my way through the rest of the word, feeling wretched. But he said, God was very gracious, and I made an appeal, and loads of people responded. We prayed for the sick, and things happened, etc. And after wh- however long, everybody uh, had left the room except for one lady at the back called so she's just standing there smiling and he can't stand it any longer so he says please 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 come over so she comes over so she says, Alice please tell me what that was all about she said this is my story she said my husband committed suicide three years ago and I've been in deep depression ever since and no matter what I've done and all the prayer nothing's ever ever left me and last week I was going to commit suicide myself But I saw that you had this meeting and I prayed and I prayed on the way to the meeting. Lord, if you call me out by name, then I will know that you have a purpose for my life. You see, for Alice, all she needed was that one word and he obeyed. And he said, I came back through town uh, about two or three weeks later and she was in this meeting and all her friends said to me, her life has utterly been transformed. Because out of the crowd of people, all you said was, your name is Alice. Please obey and stop worrying. And please, if you get the name Alice, no, it's all right. (laughs) Just remember, there's nothing else coming after that word. Short words. You have no idea how God can use it for his glory. One thing I said this morning was about worship. And uh, I, I, I kind of talked quite a bit about my own experience about being a worshipper. I, I, and I back up, Liz has already really said this, but can I just say that whether in a small gathering or, a, or in a crowd like this, whatever, don't come into the meeting thinking, have I got a gift, have I got a gift, have I got a gift, have I got a gift. Sometimes before meetings, I get uh, impressions, I get words and sometimes I come into the meeting thinking, I feel the Lord has already given me this word. But what I do is I then put that down and I just worship. I literally just worship. I hold it lightly. 
And if in the worship, the whole theme of the worship and everything else, all the other contributions are helping me, that gives me confidence to bring the word that I need to bring. But the reality is this, sometimes I have absolutely nothing <laughs> before I come into a meeting. And, and you might have that as well, nothing. And you're, you, this afternoon is not about now I've got to move in the gifts of the Spirit. This is about knowing that the giver gives gifts, but your responsibility is to worship the Lord. And I think often it's in worship that God begins to speak. He begins to give you things accordingly. Something else, I've only got a couple more things, something else I found really helpful is that the best way I could describe it is like this. Inside of you, you have a reservoir. And that reservoir often gets a bit empty. It gets empty because you give out. And if you give out and you don't receive back, then the water level just goes down. And that's why some of us here this afternoon are a bit dry when it comes to gifts of the Spirit. It's nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. It's just that we're a bit empty. So we need to make sure that we're getting filled and filled and filled again. And this reservoir gets filled and, and, and rises, I believe, when the two roots which are the key to prophecy, are being filled up with inside of you. And guess what they are? It's the Word and the Spirit. And I think these are two roots that have the same results. So my responsibility, if I want to move in the gifts of the Spirit, just to help you this afternoon, is just to keep coming back to the Lord. So would you fill me again? And living by the Word of God, as, as we've said, Liz touched on this, meditating on the Word, meditating on the Word, so that the Word kind of really gets embedded in you. And your water level just keeps rising. So, for example, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, be filled with the Spirit, singing to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Colossians 3, 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell within you richly. And guess what it says? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So two different roots, but the same result. And the Holy Spirit can only really take out of you what you've got within you. Does that make sense? So the Bible says that when we're gathered together, the Holy Spirit is a little bit like a dove brooding over, just like at creation. And it says in 1 Corinthians 12, and he distributes gifts according to his will. So there's order in our worship, even when there's gifts of the Spirit, because it's the invisible conductor who is the Holy Spirit. I'm never worried about meetings where we don't know what to do next. In fact, it's a lovely place to be in, because the invisible uh, orchestrator the one who's conducting the orchestra is is the holy spirit and he's the one who's in control so he distributes so he comes to you and you've got these thoughts and these words in your mind and you think i think i've got a prophetic word and so he will then take what's in you and take it out of you if you're half empty there's not a lot to take out but if there if your reservoir is full and rich with word and spirit he can take what's in you and he can minister it to God's people. So my encouragement, folks, this afternoon is to be constantly filled with the Spirit, but also to have the Word of God within you. So if I can just be very earthy for a moment and describe what it's like. So you have this thought in your mind about God's love for people. But you don't have much Word in you, you've just got Spirit. So what happens often, and it's important when we bring the gifts of the Spirit, we're not just praying there's a gushing forth. It's like a gushing comes up from within you. So the person who's filled with the Spirit doesn't have much word, but wants to prophesy, it's going to come, my people, my, I love you. 
God says, I love you. I just want you to know I love you. I love you so much. I love you. I, it's all bubbling out. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I, after about five minutes of this, I'm beginning to, I'm sitting there thinking, I think this is great, but why does God love me? Because if there's only the spirit without the word, there's no content to what is being brought. And I found that when you are meditating upon the word of God and it's rich within you, then the spirit takes not only the bubbling over of the anointing of the spirit, but also the content of the word of God. And it starts to come, my people, I love you because, 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 because. Have you got that? And so this is vital that, strangely, in evangelicalism, the word and the spirit are constantly being separated. And it's really tragic because the word of God never separates these two because they're friends. Word and spirit, word and spirit, word and spirit goes together. And you and I need to make sure that we've got word and spirit richly within us. And then when the Spirit of God comes and broods over a meeting and distributes, he's going to take out what's in you for the glory of God. I want to encourage you, there's a whole load of you who've got lots to say. You've got lots of anointing of the Spirit. You've got lots of the Word of God within you. You just don't know it. And the reason you don't know it is all locked up inside. This is terribly frustrating for the rest of us. Let the Spirit come and let it come out. I mean, some, some of my friends are so infuriating. They, they sit in whole meetings saying nothing. Then I go, Dave, I think you've got something to say. And then all this comes out. Why on earth have we waited an hour before you've given all the answers to the whole hour that we've just been speaking about? You've got prophetic insights. You've got so much to give. I want to encourage us to obey, to speak out, even if it is um, for the first time ever. Let me finish um, by just a little bit of my own experience. The first time I ever, as an 18-year-old, in a large house group setting, all sitting on the floor, had the word, um, I, I got this thought in this meeting, and I didn't know whether it's God, of God or not. And, uh, but my heart was pounding, and I kind of knew that oh, this could be the first time I've got to bring something and um, uh, the worship was going on and I was asking God to give me his gifts that's I mean I know this is terribly basic but asking God is the first step so when we pray in a moment we're going to say ask God to give me something having asked God to give you something (laughs) the next step is then to speak it out and this is the bit where we get nervous you have to speak you know, the Holy Spirit's not going to move your lips. You have to speak. And the Bible's quite clear. As you speak, then the words come. It's like speaking in tongues. He gave them, they spoke, and then the Spirit gave them utterance. You speak prophetic words, and the Spirit comes upon you and gives it. Some people have whole loads of it before they speak. Some of us have one or two sentences, and then we're out on the limb, and we're just trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to come. I guess if the word is Alice, you don't have to trust for much longer. But it's just, it's just, it's just there. And we're trusting. And what often happens in meetings, having asked God to give me, and I've got this word, I then ask, Lord, please confirm it. Just confirm it. I'm, I think this is of you. I'm about to give this. My heart's pounding. I'm just going to ask for your confirmation. And I think in meetings, often what happens is someone then goes and says what you were about to say. And this is what happened to me as an 18-year-old. I thought, blow it. I'm just about to speak this, but I was asking Lord for a confirmation. Someone across the room said exactly the same as I was going to say. I mean, word for word. 
And while they were speaking, I felt the Holy Spirit give me just something else. And it was a wonderful confirmation because number one, it was what I already had. Number two, I just had something else just to add to it. So stumblingly, I brought this extra bit. Because meetings are like that. They're like building blocks. Have you noticed that? When the Holy Spirit's really moving, someone says a scripture, then there's a song, and then there's a prophetic word, and and it all kind of ties together because God's saying the same thing to all of us. Massively want to encourage you. So that was my first time, and I stumbled out with this word. I think it was very... I don't think it was very memorable. <laughs> and, and the sad thing for me at that moment was this. Having done that, not one single person came to me afterwards and said anything. And I wasn't looking for that, but boy, would it have been helpful. So I went kind of... We need, as Liz said earlier, go to people and encourage them. That was fantastic. Or even go to people and say, that was great, but you know, can I really encourage you next time to... Just, just to add, just to give them confidence to bring those things... There'll always be this moment, I must stop because we've been talking a lot today. There's always that moment when you are out on the limb. There has to be that moment um, when you're just kind of stepping out, saying something, weighing something from somebody, bringing a prophetic impression or word over somebody. There must be that moment where you take that leap into the unknown and I, I think that that actually is a confirmation for us. It's just not me thinking of things, but it's me under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I, I hope today through the preaching and through um, our sharing with you this afternoon, the practicalities about how to move into it, etc. I'm hoping the majority of you are sitting here right now thinking, I wish you'd stop talking. <laughs> because I can't wait to start to begin to do this. Now, I think there's probably two groups of people in the room this afternoon. One is people who have never prophesied. I'm not going to ask you to show your hands, but you've never brought a prophetic word. You may never have done this. And can I just say this? Because you may have been a Christian for a long time and still not have done this. Um, but I hope today we've ignited something in you that can help you take that step of faith that I'm going to begin to do this. And not just this afternoon, but to begin a journey. You know, t- I, I think some of you this week, if, if we, when we pray for you in a moment, we're going to pray for the prophetic gift to come upon you. Later in this week, there are going to be impressions and stirrings and things that happen. You're thinking, oh, that's strange. Just thought that on the way there and something happened. So we, we're trying to ignite something this afternoon that is a lifetime of doing this. So if you don't prophesy this afternoon, don't worry about it. But just believe God and look for other opportunities where you can go out on a limb. The second group of people are probably people who have prophesied before. Some of you uh, may have prophesied once or twice, but as the months and years have gone by, it just seems to have dried up. And we would like to pray for you this afternoon that you'll begin a journey of receiving words again. It's, It's like turning the button on the game, turning the TV on, actually trying to, no one does that anymore, we press, but what am I doing? You press and the TV comes on. Anyway, so we're going to press today and things are going to come on again. So bringing alive again what's kind of slightly dormant. And then there may be some of you who have prophesied quite regularly. You're not going to get away this afternoon if you're one of those, because our encouragement to you to do is to go on even more and actually to become infectious. Some of us who prophesy quite 
quite easily and quite often, we need to start laying hands on other people and imparting to them what God has given to us. It's all a way of encouraging us together. So I'm going to ask you to stand. And what I'd like Liz and I to do is just to spend a few moments. This is what we're going to do. It's nothing special about us. It's just that we're asking the Holy Spirit to come um, and to minister uh, to us as a group. And I want us to really receive by faith. We're coming to the giver. We're not coming to the gifts. We're coming to the giver. And he will impart the gift of prophecy all over this room to us this afternoon. And as we pray over you, I'm praying that you'll receive it by faith. Um, And in the moment, Liz will just going to lead us in some practicalities about how to really get to do this. But before we do that, let's just come before the Lord and just pray. Just going to wait on the Holy Spirit just for a moment. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have come and you've not only caused us to be born again, but you've come to be a real person. You're always described as a person. You're described as our helper. We can't live the Christian life without you. And part of our responsibility is to say, please, could you come and help? We reach out to the helper today and say, please, would you come and help us to begin to move in the gifts of the Spirit? Please, could you come and help us to prophesy? Please, could you come and help us to be filled with you and filled with your power and with your anointing? And here we are, Lord, a crowd of us here representing different venues across every day. And Lord, we're here because our heart is to see your church built up and encouraged and comforted, to see our brothers and sisters uh, grow in their faith. We might bring prophetic encouragements to one another. We're here because we have a burden for your church to become a prophetic people in the area in which we live. We're here because we want the name of Jesus to be glorified. We're here because we want people to come to know you. We're here this afternoon not to boast like a badge upon us. Look, I can prophesy. We're honestly here before you. Our motive is that we want to use, to be used by you in the gifts of the Spirit because we want to glorify your name. Thank you, Lord. The gifts are not optional. They're not for some people and not, and not for others, but they're for all your people that are hungry and thirsty. So for Liz and I, we just pray over this whole crowd of people for the gift of prophecy. We ask, Lord, that you would now begin to distribute prophetic words all over this room. For those who have never prophesied, for those who have done it once or twice, for those who do it regularly, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will pour out your spirit upon us, even in these few moments together now, as we're waiting upon you, even right now we sense your spirit just brooding and ministering to us. Thank you, Jesus. It's sometimes helpful just to cup your hands before the Lord. We're saying, Lord, we need you. We can't do this without you. And here we are available to you. Here we are available to you in our minds, in our hearts. Would you now begin to flood us 
with your insight, your revelation, with your words that build up one another, would you please begin to give us, Lord, words that can be instructive and can be life-changing. Even for those of us here in the room for one another, but beyond these walls, even to those who don't yet know you, that you would use us for your glory. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you that you give good gifts to your children. And thank you that you're our Father. And we are children. It's so wonderful to be in your presence and know that you've got things to give us. Things that, yes, they're powerful, but they're beautiful. And um, they bring joy and liberty into people's lives. Lord, I just pray that you would impart your prophetic gifts to everyone here today and I've just got this rather strange picture of um, a room full of sewing machines and um, if you know what they are and it's just strange because some of them are um, brand new never been used um, and then some of them are very well used and um, even got worn marks where the things have been where sewing has taken place and incredible garments have been made. And then there are other sewing machines that are really old and haven't been used for a while, even um, have a different mechanism as to the modern ones. And just from that rather strange picture, I just feel the Lord would say, say to you, um, you have something unique to you through which things will be made. And it's time to sit down and start. It's time to start making things, start producing prophetic words and prophetic stories and prophetic pictures and incredible, adventurous, creative things in your life are there for me to create through you. And if you've never prophesied before, it's time to in that sense, experiment with this sewing machine and yes, make mistakes. Yes, try and try again. And for those who've worked so hard and made so many things, I've got many new things for you to make. I can just see one or two people here are very prophetic and you maybe you're a bit tired of making the same thing and I just feel the Lord's coming to you and saying, I've got something new for you to make. It's even a bit more complicated, but you've got the maturity now to um, to do it. And I want you to step out in faith into something new in the prophetic. And for some of you who've um, maybe prophesied quite a bit in the past, but you just feel maybe you're a bit out of date, you're, um, you're from another era almost. And I just feel the Holy Spirit really loves you and he's coming to anoint you afresh today to pick up, um, in fact, where you left off years ago. And there are new skills to learn, but it's time to activate it again. Time to let the Holy Spirit make things through you and bring things to life again. Father, we just speak that word into one another right now. And Lord, we receive... Um, this revelation and for whoever that is applicable to right now Lord I ask there'll be a real impartation of faith 
to rise, to rise and respond. Thank you. you. You want us to be a responsive people. You don't force us. You don't go over our wills. You want us to be responsive. So I pray right now for a, a, a wonderfully responsive people all around this room, just wanting to say, yes, 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 Lord, for all that you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray um, for any of us that just still are in that position of uh, wondering whether or not I qualify. And I just speak in Jesus' name to any that are doubting that you know that you qualify. You're kind of battling within. Can God use me? Can he speak through me? Will he? The answer is yes, because it's all to do with his grace. So I stand against any disqualification. Stand against any doubt in your mind whereby you say, well, who am I to bring this? Or what will happen if? And I would just want to so encourage you to lay that down right now. Even before we start to pray for one another, lay it down. All the time you keep picking it up, it'll cause you to have turmoil within you. Lay it down. Let the peace of God come to you right now, all over this room. You're precious in God's sight. He loves you. He's saved you. His grace has already come to you. Won't he come again? <laughs> the Bible says grace upon grace and kindness upon... It's like wave after wave. When it comes to spiritual gifts, absolutely. You don't deserve it. You never will. It's not on your merit. It's a free gift from God. And that makes me, as a child of God, reach out and really believe that he will use me for his glory even though I'm half-formed, even though I make mistakes, even though I'm sometimes doing things not from a right motive, he will use me for his glory. So I thank you, Jesus. I thank you right now. Once again, I'm just going to pray. Let your Holy Spirit even now rest upon these dear people, not only for our praying with one another in a moment this afternoon, as some of us for the first time begin to believe by faith that you're going to give us things for one another. I pray from today onwards. I pray for next week and the coming weeks and months that today there will be people in, in months from now who will be saying, I'm still getting words from God. I'm still bringing words over people. And the test and the fruit of it is that people's lives are being changed. We ask it for your glory. Amen. Should I sit down? Sit down. Okay, so, um, right, we're all going to have a go now. Um, so I'm not going to get you all up on the platform. But what I think would be a great thing to do is if we get into threes definitely not more than four try and keep it to three and then to just take it in turns to pray and prophesy over each other it's easy right so um in your three um pick on one of you and and just pray and hear from god and speak what you sense god is saying don't ask them any questions because you don't need to do that and just say, oh, I sense God is saying this. Or just directly prophesy. You've just got to do it. And it's fine. This morning, um, one of your members um, brought a lady to me who's here for the first time from Mongolia. And she said to me, um, yes, I want you to prophesy over me. I said, oh, <laughs> now? <laughs> and I think his name's Andrew. He said, yeah, that's what she wants. So we, we prayed, and, and I just thought, well, 
this is what she wants, so I'll give her something. So I literally just said, um, well, you've obviously... It was literally felt a bit like common sense, but the Holy Spirit took it and said a little bit more, I think. I said, you know, you, you've travelled far, you're in a strange place, you haven't found a spiritual home, I think this is your spiritual home. And she said, you know, I, I want to come back, I want to bring my teenage children. And, you know, you just you get put on the spot and you you just start so um you're going to have to move chairs you know if you see someone who's literally on their own drag them in but three would probably be best because otherwise you'll be here for three hours um and literally just start and we might interrupt you and see how you're going but i want you to do this all right so go Okay, just one more. Just get your seats, please. Just take your seats. I'm sure you'd agree that um, whatever is happening amongst us this afternoon is not only is it not a one-off thing to keep here in this room, but also it's not just a one-off thing for this particular Sunday. And... Um, what God, what God does in the people isn't meant to just be kept to ourselves. So, for example, I don't quite know how we're going to do this, but I think it's appropriate for us to finish today with praying that whatever God does in us goes. And it doesn't stay as it is. And I often think, uh, the, some of you know the story of New Frontiers, but it's kind of like, what God did all those many years ago has just been like a constant, it's almost like a constant multiplication. So, you know, it's like, and every time we died to something, more life has come. We died to something, more life has come. Just kept spreading, knowing it's God, and it's moving forward all the time. When Terry uh, handed over to uh, different apostolic guys um, six, six or so years ago, we were um, about 800 uh, churches in about 30, 35 nations. So it's a big deal to just kind of give it all up and go away, but the Spirit blew on it. I really believe that the Spirit blows on things, that local churches have far bigger impacts when they're prepared to give away, send people, plant churches, expand, move forward. Somehow the prophetic, we've been praying a lot about individuals, but this is kind of about prophetically about us as everyday church. You know, seeing what if the eye of faith, what God's doing here is just massive. And the potential is just huge. So when, he, when Terry handed over and we all went, uh, what does this mean? We're all kind of going off. And I met uh, in the States just three weeks ago with some of the apostolic guys that he laid hands on. We, we've got a team and we meet together from some time. And we calculated we're now working into 80 nations, well over 2,000 churches. And that is since that one moment. So it's kind of more than doubled. And that is the hand of God because no man can organize that. And so the Holy Spirit comes and blows on what we've got. And I think it's, he wants to blow on what we've received this afternoon, that we don't keep it in the walls of our buildings, but we take it out beyond where we are into our communities. But I think we need to pray for everyday church, that what God is doing here, it just continues to affect more people. Some of your venues, it, it, it's, it's time for greater impact upon your localities. And you, you can try everything to make that happen, and it won't. But when we're available in God's hand and we can start to pray and see prophetically what God wants to do, something starts to get birthed. So let's stand to our feet. This is the last thing we're going to go for. And we're going to pray and get us all praying in a moment. 
Um, and I'm going to get Phil to join in with us as well, just to pray over us too. So I get Liz to pray about about us going out, um, particularly evangelistically and that stuff. Okay. I have a thing that, um, well, I try and remember to do this every day, which is as I leave the home, whatever it is I'm doing or going, I ask the Holy Spirit to give me a prophetic voice with whatever situation or people. And it's a dangerous prayer because you start having prophetic conversations either with Christians or even unbelievers because you're hearing the voice of God. And it's not that you're saying to someone, God's saying this to you, but as you are in tune with the Holy Spirit and you're meeting people, even strangers... I'm getting really good at conversations with strangers and introducing the gospel. But it's not just sharing your faith, it's being prophetic. As you speak to people, God reveals things to you about that person. It's starting to believe that God will do that. And we live in a day when um, unbelievers are really thirsty for truth, for God. And when you start speaking or bringing revelation to them it's incredible i don't think i've ever had anyone switch me off if anything they draw you in because they are so hungry for some reality in their lives and we mustn't be afraid to yeah take it out there with us or even in prophetic conversations amongst each other sometimes something new opens up and you could go church planting in another nation before you know where you are (laughs) Lord I, I, I just thank you for this beautiful gift that you are a God who speaks today and that by your Holy Spirit you're speaking through your people what a wonderful thing that we are now your body on earth we're your ambassadors and Lord I pray that you would each fill each one of us with the power of your Holy Spirit that we will be a prophetic people out in the world, in the marketplace, in the shopping centre, at the school gate, Lord, that we would be in tune with you to bring the love of God to encourage people in our lives, people that um, maybe we don't even know, that we can bring the power of God and revelation to people. Lord, I just pray that you would fill us with boldness and confidence that we're hearing your voice. Lord, I pray that you would inspire us to take this beautiful prophetic message of the gospel out there, wherever we are. Lord, thank you. We are ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter which kills, but of the spirit which gives life. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Lord, give us that freedom to bring liberty to captives through a prophetic voice which you have put in us. In Jesus' name. Lord, I want to pray for all the venues that, if not all, most represented here this afternoon. And I, I pray that like a stone that's dropped into the pond and then the ripples just go out wider and wider, that each venue prophetically will begin to see that beginning to emerge in these coming days. I pray this year, 2018, for every venue that you will blow on the seed that you've sown, even in our hearts this afternoon, and we'll start to see expansion. Lord, I pray for the communities around our community 
that you'll help us to see amazing breakthrough into those communities. People from other nations that you put on our doorstep. Would you blow on what you're doing here today and cause us to reach the multitudes of people from all over the world, wherever we live. Now, Lord, I pray for great success with the proclamation and demonstration of the gospel in whichever way these communities can share the love of Christ with their uh, friends and neighbors. You will start to really increase this. Thank you, Lord, that the prophetic is not just us prophesying over one another, great though that is. It's also looking outwards. Your calling is Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And I pray for every day to continue to fulfill that, even with people from Mongolia who come into our meetings and will go back to their nations, whatever it might be. Lord, I pray you'll do it again and again and again and again. Would you work miracles amongst us that are astounding as we see the hand of God, that even one venue of every day can have an international impact, (coughs) can start to plant things in other nations that you birth amongst us. I ask it for your glory. Amen. I feel like I just want to pray into this. I'll share some news with you that you'll find exciting as well. Um, I feel like it's just right for us to pray into three different areas of God, of the voice God's giving us. I think Dave was right to, to talk about the fact that um, the devil wants to divide the word and the spirit, but actually they belong together. And if someone says to you, what's everyday church about? To say it's about being full of the word and full of the spirit is about as good a summary um, as you can give. And I feel like God's wanting to do something through us and uh, just three different areas to pray. I think there's, there's the meetings we have together. We've had eight services together as a church today. We've got two more to go, an evening service in Wimbledon, an evening service in Kingston. And I feel like... Um, that encouragement that Dave mentioned is really important for us, that um, the lady from Mongolia who came to church today, the reason she came is uh, one of our church members is a Tesco delivery man. And the last delivery on his round last night was her house. And uh, he didn't just drop off the groceries, he decided to ask a few spiritual questions. And out of that, he was able to invite her to come to church this morning. And it's just like a provocation. Actually, we're going to go out and we're going to speak the word of God. And people are going to come to our, our, our 10 geographical services as a result. And then I think the second tier is um, we've had 16 online services so far today, which means we've got another 152 services this week where Dave is going to be preaching the same message about prophecy and word and spirit together. And Darren messaged me this morning to say, yeah, yet another person got saved at Every Day Online uh, this week, which he was really excited about. I feel like there's a second element of not just the Tesco delivery guy inviting someone to come to our buildings, but actually us going out of our buildings online and reaching the world. And then this is the third tier, and this is new. I only heard this this morning, but I'm hugely excited about it. Um, At our Ask Prayer meeting last month, we... We, uh, Darren showed the video of um, Joseph, the guy in Tanzania, that um, has basically taken our online services and has started a Bible study group, uh, basically in a, in a mud hut village in Tanzania. And uh, Darren messaged me again this morning, he was very excited, that in that mud hut congregation, uh, Joseph, the guy, has led three people to salvation this week. Which for me is like, there's like, yeah, you can clap, that's good. Um, and I feel... I feel, 
It's, it's amazing, isn't it, to, to come together and to pray, to grow in the prophetic. And most of us have actually grown in the prophetic even in the last couple of hours. But I feel like there's these three generations God wants us to pray into as we end. There's our 10 on-the-ground services in London and that God will help us to, to see people full of the Word and the Spirit. But then there's our 168 online services that reach people all around the world, that God will help us in a global sense to uh, have people that are full of the Word and the Spirit. And then I feel like there's this grandchildren thing. It's only Joseph is in Tanzania is the guy that's showing us how this might work. But actually, out of the ups and downs of online and some of the hopes we've had, that some of which have been great and some of which haven't quite materialized yet, that actually there is this whole grandchild thing that God's going to lead us into, where in places we may never visit, we will be planting uh, Word and Spirit churches through what Darren and the other online team members have been doing. So, Should we just lift our voices and just pray all out loud together? Lord, we want to ask you, Lord, to do more and more of this. I want to thank you for what you're doing in those mud huts in Tanzania. It's amazing, Lord. Thank you for these spiritual grandchildren you're giving us. Thank you for these breakthroughs you're giving us. It's so good. Thank you, Lord, that you're at work. You're doing infinitely beyond anything we could hope for or imagine. We want to thank you, Lord, that your kingdom knows no limit. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing together the Word and the Spirit. Jesus. Jesus. I pray, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. Lord, I pray for this. I pray, Lord, for revival to break out from us. I pray, Lord, help help the Word of God to go to the ends of the earth. I pray it in Jesus' name. Pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Please, Lord, come, work in great power for your name's sake and for your glory's sake. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mm. There was a famous revival preacher in the 20th century called Smith Wigglesworth who had a famous prophecy just before he died. And he, he said, I can see a rising in this nation. He died just after World War II, I think. He said, I see a, a movement arising, which is a movement of the Word of God. I see another movement arising, which is a movement of the Spirit of God. But after both of those movements, and you could say we have seen those movements in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, after those movements will arise a, a movement which is both word and spirit. And revival will go from the UK to Europe and from there to the ends of the earth. And Father, we, we know that's not just us. We're not so foolish as to think that's a prophecy about us, but nor are we so foolish to think that it's totally not to do with us. We want to pray for this church. We want to pray for any other word and spirit church in this country. I pray, Lord, give us a louder voice. Lord, may we not go off uh, after one extreme. May we not divorce the word and the spirit. What God has joined together, let no one tear asunder. But Lord, I pray you would give us more and more of a voice, that, we would, that you would help us to preach word and spirit across the UK, across Europe, to the ends of the earth. I pray, Lord, that that 
prophecy that a great man of God saw before he died will be fulfilled in our generation. I pray for the harvest fields to be reaped. I pray, Lord, for the word and spirit to come together. And I pray even our our online services and our two remaining London services tonight. I pray, Lord, do amazing things. And Father, I pray as we go home, uh, having had a great time of growing in prophetic gifting, I pray for more and more Tesco delivery man encounters. Pray for more and more conversations as we scatter where we speak the word of God to people and their lives are turned around. Father, help us to understand something of the excitement and the fruitfulness of the book of Acts. Help us to to know the fruitfulness that comes when the word and the spirit both have full play. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Should we give a big thanks to Dave and Liz?